Hi, and welcome to Figure Speech, a program from WRBH where every week you can meet local poets and writers from the New Orleans community and listen to them share their work. This week we welcome on Jessica Kennison, whose stories have appeared or are forthcoming in Juked, Fiction Southeast, Entropy, Phoebe, and the Southern Humanities Review, among others. She was a Kenyon Review Peter Taylor Fellow in 2018. Her story, Bone on Bone, was nominated for a Pushcart Prize in 2012. She serves as Director of Programs at Project Lazarus, a nonprofit housing facility for people living with HIV and AIDS, and she currently teaches creative writing in the New Orleans Writers' Workshop and co-produces the Dogfish Reading Series here in New Orleans. Take a listen. Mississippi Women When they ask you which hand will be used to kill you, don't raise one up. In the spring, we knock ladybug carcasses out of the lining of our rugs, swipe them off windowsills with envelopes. Ladybugs crawl out of our fireplaces, walk across the pillow as we make the bed. My father says the moving dots with wings are his mother come back to check on us. When they ask you which hand will be used, tell them shrimp in a jar. Tell them snake skin boots. In summer, we eat coconut cake, drink cat head vodka, check the foot of the bed for snakes, waistbands for red bugs. All the women have hair dyed red. All the women are named Joe. All the women are ladybugs in the carpet. All the women got Ferris wheels on their spines. When they ask you which hand will be used, tell them to drop into your belly and turn the wheel. Hello, I'm Jessica Kinnison. I am a writer living in New Orleans. I've been here about 15 years. And in the last year, I've been really personally working and professionally working to try to figure out how to feel again. Over the last 10 years or so, I've worked in direct service with people who are incarcerated and folks who are experiencing homelessness. And over time, I just started to shut down those parts of myself, the feeling parts of myself. It was almost imperceptible until I couldn't really connect anymore. And then came along the current administration, war, mass shootings, more and more hurricanes, all the things that we're inundated with every day. And I wanted to feel even less. So I started writing about it. And last summer, I went to the Kenyan Writers Workshop with local writer Roger Kamenitz and a group of thinkers and religious leaders and writers. And I started to figure out how to connect my emotions to my writing and feel more through writing about the world around me and how I feel about it. So what follows and what I just read are a series of poems, small essays, and short stories about just that the world in which I live here in New Orleans and Mississippi, where I'm from, and also what I feel about it and how it feels to be here now. Deuce and a quarter. Cat, rat, umbrella, eight, eat, run. Elle's reading her homework to me in the car. She's got 20 years on me, easy, 13 kids to my zero. The sun shines while it rains on Rampart. Ever heard it's the devil beating his wife, I ask? Yeah, because she burned his food, El says. At the Esplanade light, a disposable razor. 
glistens next to the streetcar line. A shining blade of wet men sleep on benches all the way to canal. A woman with a shaved head paints her toenails. My auntie used to say that all the time. She burned his toast. It's in the Bible. I don't think the devil has a wife, I say. Go read it, Elle says. Soon you'll be able to read it to me. Yeah, you're right, she says, but I can tell she doesn't believe it. Do you believe in the devil, I ask? Nah, Elle says, and I'm comforted. A truck cuts me off as we get close to Canal Street. That'd be the devil right there, Elle says. Elle points to another car and says she used to have a deuce and a quarter just like that. Why is it called that? A deuce and a quarter. That's just what it's called, Miss Jessica. Do you believe in hell? We in it, Miss Jessica. We in it. Mechanism. Puppets in a box, we are the sound of machine, whirring energy metal body, costume zip lining streetcar down the track from the river under this purple sky. All the quarter is a play city. Cellophane windows, a crossing signal playing from tape, a baby cries behind butcher paper. I lean in, can't get over to see where the pain is. The river and I are one. The other thing, a neighborhood of engines. One time I jumped a train, my friend Kate said. You did? Yes, I was on one side, then I was on the other. That's not jumping a train I wanted. To say, then I thought of being on one side of the river, then the other. Saw a long barge move the whole horizon. Think of the rain that's coming. Alert on my phone, siren, the picture of night, then the shadows of drops not wet, large then small, the leaves hanging overhead. My chest is a glitter box under the street lamp. My heart is a jagged can of diamonds, jangling inside the paper. A man said, lighten up, the night's just begun. I said, you don't know where I've been. Then put down the lightning bolts on my cheeks to praise his box, his costume of horror. War Story We all line up along the water's edge. Only a moment before, the river was the color of dung. Now the flat water is honey mixed with bacon grease. Baldy spotted two breasts floating in the water, spread the word. Black horseflies bite our backs and shoulders through wet rags. Country grunts and pulls at his throat as he points to another body, neck to belly that surfaces near the first. Another, one more, and yet another. The breasts bob, their small, pruned nipples still blood pink. Look at this, Aftershock calls out, a torso propped up by a knotted rubber tree off to the left against the shore. Nervous laughter, Baldy throws up. Something is rising in us, something basic and forgotten. We fall out of ourselves and into the water. We circle the floating bodies. Some guys hold their rifles above their heads, wondering if it's a trap. Others just look on. Bam Bam reaches out to touch and nothing happens. Then Country does it and I do. Two guys float on their backs, spraying bug-filled bay water from their mouths while their free hands reach for the side of a breast. I, I think of girls back home wearing thin summer dresses. 
We sing House of the Rising Sun and Up on Cripple Creek. We tread water, rubbing our hands over still warm breasts and ribs and bellies. Baldy puts his mouth on a nipple, weeping and laughing. Hours pass with men still in the water, holding on to floating breasts. After three days in the water, the bugs are hard to ignore, and the torsos are bloated, nearly unrecognizable. We should call this in. Something terrible happened here, I say, from the shore. The other men boo, throw wa- rocks, wild-eyed, waterlogged. Really, I can't stand this anymore. It's all wrong, I say to Sarge. When I reach for the radio wrapped in plastic on the ground, he blocks me. I back toward the rubber trees with my hands in my pockets, then charge full on into the jungle, ducking and swerving, leaving my whole pack behind for the first time in almost a year. Sarge is breathing on my neck. Before long, he has me up against the low porch of a fishing hut. Someone points a rifle out over my head from behind. I slip out and turn to see a local woman there with a shotgun. I leave them in a standoff, run behind the cabin and on through the thick brush until I get to the bay. I start swimming underwater. I keep swimming until dark. When the sun goes down, I float on my back, calling up the lake back home and my girl. I see her swimming way out to the middle where the sky and water merge. When she takes off her flower print swimsuit top and dangles it from her index finger, I'm on the shore, terrified of what might come next. I wanted to die there, like that. Star Party Hogs already scooted up close to me, nestled into my armpit. He's open as the night sky, and I am as closed as a drum. I turn around on the road's shoulder, mesquite and gravel and sand soil, tar bush, fire barrel, cactus, shin daggers, sage under my tires. We're on 2810 State Highway, which, to my knowledge, never ends. Each time you think you're at a mountain, it's only a hill, and another big mountain sits out in the distance. There's only one person per square mile in Presidio County, a county bigger than Connecticut and bordering Mexico. I met Hogg at the blind pony. Now he's riding my truck with his arms straight out the window. His hair is moving in all directions, looking like a little boy catching a ride for the first time. Hogg says, tell me about yourself, as I let him trace the middle of my back with his index finger. I'm aching because I haven't had enough to drink off the feeling of myself yet. He says, do you like movies? I start to say something when he launches into a chronicle of every movie he ever saw in his whole life. I drink from the old crow bottle I keep under my seat. I always had the sense that my life would begin any day now. It never occurred to me that this, this is it, a hog, a long road, some aches and pains, a little distant arousal. I didn't know my neck would just disappear down my shoulders. When I close my eyes for just a second, there they are, lips, the lips of Sandy at the post office, talking and picking a pimple on her chin, Jaina unfolding her gray bandana with her teeth as we mend the fence, Peg pursing her cracked lips for a cigarette outside the get-go. Open eyes on the road, swig from the bottle, 
I wonder why we even mend the fence. By the time we're done with it, it's time to start over. And those cows, they don't seem to hold to the urge of freedom. Eyes closed for just a second. Jaina's lips, the point where they meet in the corner, a little turned down shadow. The hog's still talking about the last picture show when I look to see his lips moving against my arm. Out here, they call patches of trees on the top of mountains sky islands. More sky than land, as always. The sky is looking at us instead of the other way around. I'm Hog's sky island, I think. Every time he gets to me, I grow taller, farther away, disappear. Closing my eyes again, Jaina wiping sweat from her eyebrows, upper lip. Her upper lip is wired into my brain. Along the highway, tall eagles dart into the brush from electric poles long out of use. By dark, I'm usually walking the sheets I don't wash, my hands stuck warm as a gun between my skinny legs. The sun's going down a black and white horizon. Roll credits. Nothing has happened for the whole drive, the whole movie, all my life. Jaina puts the bandana down and keeps working. I pull the barbed wire tight between us. Hog pulls up his skinny body like a dog who's heard something in the distance. He leans over me and out the window. You ready for a star party, baby? Hog yelps in the wind. He's wide open. If I pulled over now and kissed him hard, he would be moved to climb on top of me in any way he could manage. If I said, I'm gay, I'm gay, I'm gay, gay, gay. Gay. I want lips and suntanned arms and curved hips. He'd turn the radio up and start singing. I'd take another drink of the bottle, hot as a gun, a hand, and think maybe I do want a sky party. I feel my turning of the wheel, figure eights in the dirt, Mexico, Big Bend, Trans-Pecos Desert, my old blue Ford holding hog and me making circles, small and big as the earth in the sky. Thirteen things I don't want people to know I think about love. One, love makes me feel close to death, like I want to live forever but tell everyone what being near death is like, like the worst hangover you ever had except it doesn't go away in 24 hours. It persists for the rest of your life. Two, when I wake at 3 a.m. obsessing, I love myself by counting the 13 ways of looking at a blackbird. By counting, I mean I just say over and over again to myself in the corner of my room, it's okay, there are 13 ways of looking at a blackbird. It's okay, there are 13 ways of looking at at a blackbird. Three, love is not remembering the name of the movie you're describing to a partner at dinner, but feeling satisfied that he gets the impact of the story without any context clues. For example, I say, I want to go to Australia because of all the great movies I've seen that are set there. Him, I want to go too. which movies? You know, the one where the girl walks across the desert alone with four camels and a dog because her father did it and she encounters a tribal elder, 
other lost people, her age, other animals, someone who reminds her of her father, and she finally makes it to water and you can't help but cry. You know the one? He says, completely bewildered. I don't, but I see why you want to go. Four. Love is hearing someone struggle to breathe in their sleep and actively trying to breathe a dream of breath into their lungs without moving, without remorse. Five. Love is saying no. 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 Six. Love is wanting to kill someone than wanting to die if they die. Seven. Love is allowing someone to throw up on you, then, when they've recovered, having sex with them again. Eight. Love is cleaning cat poop out of the shower because your love loves the cat. Nine. Love could be intergalactic. As Sunrise says, stop being a mother freaker. Stop being a mother freaker. Look at what's happening in front of you. 10. Love is shoestrings needing to be retied when all you want to do is tuck the undone parts into the sides of your shoes. 11. Love is turning two chairs away from the Nawalan sun and inviting someone to sit with you without having to squint. 12. Love is showing up. 13. Love is clearly seeing someone as dying, thrush, weight loss, drool, jaundice, and believing them when they say all they need to perk up is a blue snowball and a sausage sandwich.